This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 3-1 the final, Montreal over Buffalo. Sabres with plenty of shots and opportunities to win tonight, but unable to solve Mr. Jake Allen in goal as he makes 36 saves, the number one star, and gives the Canadiens their third win of the season. They improved to 3-1-1. and A 3-1 win here tonight at KeyBank Center. Buffalo dropping to 2-4 and four on the season. The Sabres will be quickly heading off to Ottawa tonight for a 6.45 puck drop tomorrow. We'll preview that game coming up a little bit later here on the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Visit your local Upstate Honda Dealers today. I'm Brian Colsey along with Pat Malacaro. Paul Hamilton's down at the Sabres dressing room waiting outside. He'll be heading in shortly to get player reaction. Pat, I think there was plenty of opportunities tonight for the Sabres to win this game. They just could not figure out a way to bury one and get by Jake Allen. Yeah, had a special teams goal from Jeff Skinner early, and unfortunately for the team, just they put the puck on the net plenty, but did they get enough quality chances, I guess, in the end? Now their power play chance in late in the third period, uh, I think it was late in the third where they had uh, power play chance, you know, shot after shot after shot. Yeah, the goal scorer was Jeff Skinner. He's up first in the room with Paul. How frustrating was it? It didn't seem like there were a lot of, you know, chances in the middle. And then when he was, when you got a couple, especially in the third, he was able to put the glove on it. Yeah, I, I think uh, we had some chances a lot from outside. We just need a little bit more urgency, I think, especially towards the end there. We're losing. You need to find a goal. You need to find a way to break through. And um, just didn't do enough. Didn't do enough to 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 capitalize on. Uh, zone time or outside shots maybe I don't, I don't know what you want to call that but it's it doesn't matter unless you score so we got to find a way to do that do you need some more traffic around him do you think yeah for sure I mean you always try to get traffic the other team's always trying to um, not let you get traffic so they're doing a good job obviously but but we can do better we can do better at creating chances inside um, whether it's slashing through and, and trying to find timing plays or whether it's, it's kind of going to stand there and not moving. But, uh, yeah, we definitely need to be on the inside more. I think it's it's too many shots from outside, but uh, obviously he saved them, so credit to him. And the frustrating part, I'm sure, is that if I tell you before the game you're going to have that amount of possession as a team, you're going to think you're going to be in good shape, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's about winning, so... Um, yeah, you want to be doing those good things. Obviously, there's we have a game tomorrow, so we're going to focus on that now, and, and there's a lot of good things we can take from this game. Um, the result's not what we want. Now we have to kind of build on the good things we have uh, and, and, and generate the result we want. This is a team that's used to scoring goals. Do you feel some frustration maybe that the guys are starting to have because the puck's not going in? Uh, maybe. I, I mean... That's just the way it's going to go. It's, it's it's a long season. You're going to go through ups and downs. You're going to go through through moments or stretches of, of games where the team's feeling like we're just just a little bit off. Uh, I don't think we've we've quite found our rhythm five on five uh, offensively. And um, the only way you're going to find it is is to work through that. I think uh, other teams aren't going to take it easy or, or give us chances or anything. But us earning is is is. What's what's gonna have to happen? And you saw on your goal. I mean, it was seven seconds into the penalty. It was quick movement. I think it was Tage who gave you some space. Is that we guys needed to do more? Just quick movement to get more space. I, I thought we had a lot of a lot of good good looks on the PP, but we got to capitalize. Obviously, um, 
did that one shift where guy lost his stick, but I think guy lost his skate play. And, um, we had some good looks, just didn't capitalize. But yeah, obviously the PP is, is not at the level that we're uh, that we want it to be. We're going to keep working at it. I think some of those PPs in the second period, and then at the end there, we had some good looks. We just have to find a way to to score. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff Skinner in the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, Paul, thank you very much. Jeff Skinner had Buffalo's lone goal, his third of the season, on a real nice shot under the bar on the side of the net on the power play. That was a goal that made it 1-1. Sabres never scored again. They lose 3-1 to as we are waiting for more from Paul downstairs. Yeah, that power play Jeff Skinner talked about, what I was referencing before uh, his interview, uh, David Savard blocked the shot with his arm, with his skate, three, three or four blocks needed help off the ice. Yeah, his skate and, blade piece came off. Yeah, and yeah. then had to go to the locker room because he took a couple of shots off the arm. So uh, the, the Canadians sold out. They did everything they could to keep the Sabres from getting that tying goal. At the time, it was 2-1. Eric Comrie, you know, did what he needed to do, I guess, to give Buffalo another chance to win. Um, you know, the goal that seals it on the power play, that was a bang-bang play. It was. Brennan Gallagher's goal to make it 2-1 pokes it. Yeah. What could have been a covered puck? Is it looks that a- like he had his glove over the top of it. Obviously, you know, Don Granato didn't challenge. So we'll find out more on that from Don later. Now let's go to Tage Thompson, live with Paul. Tage, there were a lot of shots on goal, but do you think you maybe need more traffic around the net, or was it too much from outside, or how did you feel about it? No, I thought we had bodies at the net. Made good saves today. Did you start, you ran into a hot goalie tonight? Yeah, I mean, I thought we controlled the play. Outshot them, control the play. Their PK, they did great. Um, blocking shots, goalie stood big. And they get one in the third there, and now we're just falling behind and got a score, and that was that. That power play in the third period, the, you got a defenseman without a stick, a guy without a skate play. Just how tough was that? Because you had a couple shots there. Jeff had the shot, and Allen you know, makes the save. Yeah, we made good plays. They made better plays. Where is this team now in terms of offense? I mean, you guys, the last couple of games certainly have had a lot of chances, and, you know, it's only four goals in those two games, and how, how frustrating is it for guys who are used to scoring goals to not see them win? Yeah, it's frustrating, but I think as soon as you let frustration set in and negativity, then you're never going to get out of it. I think goals come in waves, and um, I think a lot of times it comes, like I said, in waves, and you get streaky, and... Um, you just got to do the right the right things every shift, and I thought tonight we we did, and uh, obviously that's why that one hurts so much. Um, but we can't change anything. We got to play like that. It's two games we've strung together in a row now that I thought we took away the will of the other team, and um, you know had them had them kind of defeated mentally. And obviously they get one in the third there, it gives them some life. But um, you know we we keep playing like that. That's. That's a winning recipe. You're going to win a lot of games playing like that. So Com stood on his head, made a lot of great saves, and um, we just got to put it in the back of the net. Thank you, Tage. Tage Thompson on the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, pretty frustrated Tage Thompson there, part of our Blue and Gold Locker Report, brought to you by Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center. Early detection of cancer is our goal. Get in the game at roswellpark.org. That was Tage, who's usually not very short like that, you could tell he was annoyed at this result tonight. And he's right. Yeah. If they continue to play like that, they will get results, but they have to start coming. They can't. The, the results can't come after you lose several games in a row or lose, you know, five out of six. And not saying the team is going to, but um, th- at some point, if you're going to be a playoff team, you have to start winning those games. You have to pick off those points. They've started the season losing four of six, so it's trending that way for sure. All right, we'll take a timeout here and say goodbye to all of our local affiliate stations. If you want to keep listening to the post game, go to WGR550.com or you can tune in on the Odyssey app. And for all of you on our flagship here in Buffalo, when we come back, we'll have Don Granado's post game comments, get a couple of comments from Paul, we'll get your highlights in. Uh, you can join us. 803-0550 is the number, 888-552-550. 3-1, Canadians win it. I'm Brian Colziel. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Here's a shot by Thompson. The rebound in front. Savard can't get there. Thompson keeps it in. Skinner one-timer. Glove saved by Allen. And he makes a trophy out of it as well. Some monster saves from Jake Allen. That one there on Jeff Skinner in the third. Save of the game brought to you by your upstate Honda dealers. To see the exciting all-new Honda lineup, visit your local upstate Honda dealer today.
back here on the postgame, live in the press box. Brian Colzio with you. It's the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. 3-1 Montreal Sabres have lost four of their first six games. Two and four. We'll update you on the standings here coming up in just a little bit. We'll also get uh, the scoreboard on what's going on in baseball and the Monday night football game. Uh, some frustration there from Tage Thompson, if you just heard that interview with Paul Hamilton. And, you know, basically he's like, look, we were in front. We had enough chances. We had enough shots. Just, you know, he's got to figure out a way to bury it. You know, he gave his team credit, but he's like, Montreal was better, which I don't even know if they – I don't think they were. Just think the Sabres do have to figure out a way to score there. I mean, I think they were the better team, but ultimately they had one goal. And, you know, on the other end, it's three, and you're not going to win when you score one goal very often, obviously, uh, in this NHL. Uh, so we'll have Don Granado coming up here momentarily. Your drive home from the game brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. Let's get some final stats in. Shots in the third, 13 for the Canadians, 13 for the Sabres. It ends up 37-26 to 26 in favor of Buffalo. Both teams had one goal on the power play. Montreal was one of three. Uh, the Sabres were one of five. Jake Allen gets the win. 37 shots, 36 saves. Definitely the best player on the ice. Eric Comrie, the loss, thought he was good. 27 shots, 24 saves. Your stats of the game brought to you by Level Financial Advisors, helping you retire better. Visit levelfa.com. Your three stars, Skinner from Buffalo, star number three. Gallagher from the Canadiens, a goal and an assist, star number two. And Jake Allen, no doubt about it tonight, 36 saves, the winning goaltender, star number one. And Jake Allen is our electric player of the game, brought to you by Town Ford. When you think of Ford, think of Town Ford. Yeah, the saves we just heard there, that one on Skinner, um, had a couple on Thompson on that power play opportunity as well. Uh, Dylan Cousins had a great chance in the second period. Allen was there to make that save. I mean, it comes down to obviously at some point at the end of this game here, the Sabres, it's a re, you know, results-oriented business. More on that in a moment. Don Granato's ready. Let's go live. You see 37 shots on goal and 69 attempts, but did you just get the sense that, especially until the third, you didn't have a lot of you know, great looks and just not enough traffic? I thought their goaltender played real well, but I, I would say that we didn't get to the net with enough conviction. Enough conviction and determination. Uh, that was, for me, um, you know, pretty evident, I guess. We were, um, we generated chances. I think we had 11 power play shots. I thought the power play actually um, did some decent things. It did score, but five on five, we, we didn't get to the net enough, even even late, you're, you're going down the last 10 minutes of stretch, and you're looking at uh, you know different line combinations. And, and I threw Krebs with uh, with Skinner and Tuck once, just because you know for guys that go to the net a little bit more. And uh, uh, that was uh, that was the challenge tonight. Games. I, I, I will. Will I think. You know, we've obviously turned to focus, and it's it's benefited us. Uh, you know, um, a little bit better uh, defensively um, structure there. But uh, the the scoring, this team and this group will score. Um, yeah, it's frustrating tonight. Uh, you had numerous chances um, that they didn't convert on. Um, but I do think, as I said, when you're when you're struggling to score, go to the net more be willing to score maybe the ugly one, the grittier one. Um, uh, and, and that's uh, that's how you resolve it. I think the group will. Uh, we know we have goal scorers in here and guys that can make plays. Uh, I just think uh, that'll come as we get to the net uh, with more conviction. You're getting a lot of shots from Thompson. You're getting a lot of shots from Cousins. It, it doesn't appear you're getting much at this point from Alex. How can you get more from Alex, a guy who still doesn't have a goal? Yeah, Alex is, um, you know, obviously we're going to look at, um, I just watched uh, a little bit, even even post-game, and we'll watch more, but he's a guy we need to, we need to get him going more than he is at this point, let's just say that, and so that, uh, you know, as, as 
you go through your day, priorities shift based on needs. Um, you, you can't tackle everything, and um, we'll spend a little more time with Tucky to try to get him going the right direction. And uh, but he's a he's a big asset that uh, I don't think he's found his game yet. What's your thought on Comrie tonight? You went back to back with him, and yeah, Comrie was that that was certainly not uh, not the issue. He was very good again, um, and he had intermittents again where. You know, he he, um, he was ready. Um, again, the, the, for us tonight, we we had opportunities to score. We didn't score. That was the difference. That game could have been put away, and it wasn't. They they, they were able to hang around uh, because we couldn't convert on chances, and um, that's what you leave yourself exposed to. You know, it's early in the year, but when you look at Ottawa, New Jersey, Colorado, how much of a kind of inflection point does this week represent? Where you guys? You know, you could get out of stuff here, or you could really get into a serious problem. We we have to trust and and uh, be confident in our game when we get to our game, uh, um, and that's the quest right now. It's it's us. It's us getting to how we want to play. And I think every team is the exact same. Everybody's talking about points at this point that you know it's early in the year. Uh, you know, you teams have to get to their game. There, you, you watch around the league, even though there's some teams getting more points than others nobody's nearly capable enough to play the way they're playing in these first few games and, and sustain any wins. Uh, every single team needs to get a lot better, and they will. And, uh, you know, we know we have that capacity, and, um, you know, we've got to keep uh, our, our target and focus on that. We cannot certainly be distracted with, uh, you know, worry, um, those sorts of things. We, we have to, you know, just like I said, go to the net with conviction. You have to go about your day with greater conviction, and we'll do that. Tom, did you have an issue with the Gallagher goal? Well, we, we looked at a lot. Obviously, um, the entire staff, uh, goaltending coach, our video coaches that watch these things throughout the league, and uh, that one is a tricky one, and based on what our guys have seen numerous times throughout the league, uh, there wasn't a whole lot you could challenge there with the first crack at the puck. Um, it's it's a different than uh, what you think goaltending interference would be. Yeah, he, he seemed to be. I didn't don't didn't get any report yet that uh, says otherwise. So he's always banged up. To be honest with you, I know we may not see you tomorrow with a back to back. Will you go with Lucan in tomorrow? More than likely, yes. Yeah. Okay, thanks. All right, that is Sabres head coach Don Granato as the Sabres fall to Montreal by a 3-1 to one score. As we uh, bring it back up here to the press box, Brian Colziel with you. And uh, maybe a little insight there on the goaltender for tomorrow. Paul asked uh, about Lukanen and Granato said likely. So that's maybe where we will get tomorrow with the goaltending situation where we'll see Lukanen uh, makes his debut tomorrow. Well, that wasn't according to what the Sabres wanted tonight. Obviously a win, and we're talking about a 3-1 and one home stand and back to 500, and maybe, you know, some other guys getting out of their shell. Maybe Eric Comrie has solidified himself now as, hey, this guy could be playing quite a bit more. Instead, it's Jake Allen's show, and it's his 36 saves that steal the show, and we're talking about how uh, the Sabres are finding ways not to score. And Alex Tuck is right at the top of that list for sure. And, I mean, Don Granato never throws any of his guys under the bus. I mean, that's about as negative as he's going to be. He said, quote, we need to get him going more than he is at this point. We're going to spend a little bit more time with him to get him going in the right direction. I mean, that's, you know, that's Granato publicly doing about as much as he's going to say negatively about a player, admitting to the fact that it's not going well. So, uh, yeah, it's obvious. Tuck not doing much offensively at all. Uh, he, on the power play, is not really contributing at all. And we know, obviously, he was on the top line with Skinner and Thompson uh, since has been moved to playing with Middlestat and Skinner. Middlestat and Skinner seem to be doing very well. They're credit creating a lot of opportunities. Skinner scores again today. I know it's a power play goal, different line combos, but... Uh, those guys are doing quite well. Tuck seems to be still lost offensively. And, you know, maybe the highlight so far of the season, honestly, for Tuck was him jumping Pellick the other night to defend his teammate Skinner to get in that fight on Saturday against the Islanders. 
But other than that, it's been a very, very uneventful start of the season in the first six games for Alex Tuck uh, as he is still looking for his first goal. He has one point. He has one secondary assist in now six games. A real struggle for him to get going. All right, Pat will have a scoreboard coming up in just a little bit. We'll update you on the standings. We know the Sabres dropped to 2-4. and four. We're going to check in with Paul Hamilton here in just one moment to get his thoughts uh, on this one here. Okay, Paul is back now and ready to go. Paul, a lot of, lot of shot attempts, a lot of shots, a lot of possession time. How good do you think the quality of chances were at the end of this game? We kind of got some conflicting uh, thoughts on that from the players that you spoke with. Yeah, no, I, I would be more inclined to agree with uh, Jeff Skinner and Don Granado. Uh, Don Granado talked about they didn't go to the net with conviction, and I would totally agree with that. Uh, they did get some chances on Allen, but it seemed like a lot of them he, he could see, and, uh, you know, he they didn't take his eyes away for the most part. I wouldn't say the whole game, but for the most part, I, I didn't think they took the, his eyes away from him, and I don't want to say it was an easy game because it wasn't, but, uh, you know, those are the types of goals that you need to get, and I think that's why this team isn't putting the puck in the net and they get frustrated. And, you know, I think Alex Tuck got frustrated. You know, he, he couldn't get up. He tried to force a puck in at the blue line. Montreal came the other way. He takes a penalty, and now they're going to be shorthanded until about three minutes left in the game. And I think that whole sequence was out of frustration, you know, that – He's frustrated that he's not scoring and, and getting the chances he wants, and then he start he started to do try to do too much. Yeah, and Paul, there were opportunities there in the third, even after we spoke after two. Um, that power play again, a ton of opportunities. How much at the end of the night do you just have to tip your cap to, to Jake Allen? Well, he definitely played well. There's no question about that. I mean, I, Skinner, I thought we had a great shot you know, over his shoulder, but under the crossbar on the power play to score. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, what did Thompson have? I think 12 shot attempts, maybe, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, think I'm right on that. And they had 37 shots on goal, almost the second game in a row where they had 40 shots on goal. But this is a team last year, for the most part, all season long, was in the top two in scoring goals. And they're not even close right now. And I can't say it's because they're con they're concentrating too much on defense because, you know, uh, they did give up some out numbers. I thought they were better on defense the last game. They weren't awful tonight on defense. I'm not saying that at all. Right. I just thought they were better last game. Uh, so they, they did give up some out numbers in this game. But I don't think their offense is suffering because they're playing trying to play t too much concentration on defense. They're getting the puck up ice. Uh, they had plenty of scoring chances in the last game, plenty of scoring chances against Tampa, plenty of scoring chances in this game. They just, I don't think they were the quality kind of scoring chances, but it had nothing to do with trying to play defense. 12 was the number, Paul. You're right uh, in terms of the shot attempts from Thompson. Um, just one or two more because I know you got to get to the to the plane. Um, how about Comrie's performance and Granado alluding that we likely will see Lucan in tomorrow? Yeah, no surprise there. I mean, back-to-back, -back, that's what we all assumed. Uh, that's probably why he he confirmed it with us. Yeah. Uh, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he does. It just depends uh, uh, what mood he's in. And uh, he said probably it will be Lucan in tomorrow, and that makes sense. Uh, you know, you don't want to go Comrie three games in four. I, I thought um, on the Gallagher goal, uh, it seemed like he didn't wasn't on the puck hard enough to try to freeze it. He, was, he had to make an awkward save right before that, but he made it and made a good save. And then it appeared he was under his glove, but Gallagher got it loose somehow. And the first one was a little bit weird. Uh, it, it was a big rebound, and I don't know if it was off of him or Samuelson that, that wind up with the big rebound. And then he, he lost the location of the puck. I don't think he knew where it was. And, uh, you know, they were the right defenseman was able to come in and, and score the goal uh, coming through the circle. But... Uh, I just think he lost sight of where it was, and I don't think he knew exactly where that rebound popped out to. Paul, have a safe trip to Ottawa, 645, so a little earlier tomorrow on the start. Uh, we'll talk with you tomorrow night. Okay, looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Safe travels. Paul Hamilton there. Sabres fall to the Canadians 3-1. and one. They've lost four of their first six, 2-4 and four on the season. All right, we're going to take a break here on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. When we come back, we'll get you some phone calls if you want to jump on board this will be the time to do it, 803-0550.
We'll get you highlights, pets, scores. We'll update you on the standings, all that and more. Preview the Ottawa game, all coming up here. 3-1, Montreal victorious. I'm Brian Colziel. More Upstate Honda Dealers postgame right after this timeout on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Montreal line sends it back to Pazette and he is hammered from behind the referee is going to decide right in front of the bench and now the attention is drawn after that hit on Pazetta. It's Peyton Krebs against the glass. Yeah, Peyton Krebs coming through with the hit of the game. A few moments later it was assessed a boarding call, but that got the attention of Montreal. The Clinton Collision, hit of the game. Brought to you by Clinton Collision. We are there when you need a repair. 3-1 Montreal. Let's get the highlights now. We'll pick it up in the third period. Game tied at 1. 3-31 into the third. Gallagher poking it in in the crease to put Montreal up for good. Pearson in the Sabre zone. Sweeps Salad in front and Comrie got the pat down but it squeaks in. That's where Gallagher makes his money, right in front of the net, and he pokes it home in Montreal with 16-29 remaining in the third period of taking a 2-1 lead. So Gallagher gets his second of the season from Savard and Pearson. 2-1 Montreal. At least it looked like Comrie had the glove over it, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Late stages of the period after Buffalo failed to score on its own power play. Montreal coming through on theirs, and some really quick passing. Gallagher to set up Pearson. Savkovsky coming off the boards, far side, plays it across to Newhook, to the goal line, bumped in front of the one-timer by Pearson, gives Montreal the two-goal lead with 3.07 to go. Pearson's third from Gallagher and Newhook on the power play, that sealed it, a real pretty passing play, it's the play of the game, brought to you by NOCO, the NOCO play of the game, the official natural gas and electric supplier of the Buffalo Sabres. Well, the Sabres dropped this one 3-1 to one in front of an announced crowd of 13,507 at KeyBank Center. And uh, the Sabres, as we speak, are essentially packing up and ready to head off to Ottawa. Uh, they'll be there late in the, uh, the hours of this morning and then uh, play tomorrow, 645. Uh, puck drop, we'll have it for you right here on the Sabres radio network. Uh, if you're on hold, stick there. We'll get to calls in a moment. Pat, I wanted to ask you... The Galler goal that was poked in yep. should have Don Granado challenged. I would have. I said it in real time. I yep. thought you challenge. I know if you get it wrong, you get a penalty, and you give Montreal power play up to one in the third period. To me, it was worth the challenge. Now, the whoever uh, you know, the, the replay uh, crew here with for the Sabers telling Don Granado probably right. not a good challenge to take. So uh, I get it, but to me, in real time, I probably would have challenged. Yep. That gave Montreal the game-winning goal, and then eventually Pearson made it 3-1. All right, let's take a couple calls here. 8030550. Zach is with us first on the post game. Hi, Zach. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, can you hear me, Brian? Yes, go ahead, Zach. Hey, first off, I just want to say, Brian, thank you so much. I listen to you every day out here. You and Pat Malcaro and uh, you know all the bo- all the boys at WGR, especially Paul. I live out in Las Vegas, so it's a way that I can, you know, feel like I'm back home. You know, I grew up playing on the ponds at Ransom Oaks and, and Amherst. But not, nothing nothing to go on that. Um, as far as the game goes, I just wanted to say, like, first and foremost, what made us great last year was that first line, right? And obviously we all know Tuck's struggling right now. He, he, he goes out and gets in a fight last game that jolts the team, right? I mean – you got to have confidence, and he's he's a veteran on this team, even though he's still young. He's a Baldwin's little boy right outside of Syracuse. I mean, obviously, he's not playing his best. We know that, but the way we are good is when that line goes. You know what I mean? I mean, Granado's awesome. I, he's brought us from a point where I was growing up with Dominic Hasek. He's the only guy who's gotten us close to making me believe in the team. Okay? And all I'm trying to say is, is he's made a lot of great decisions. I'm not trying to question him. I'm the most positive Buffalo fan there is. I mean, I watched the Bills lose to the – you already know. My point is, is how do we break up this first line four, four or five games into the season? I mean, when it, it, it was literally our calling card. I, 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 and, and I apologize. Go ahead I, and tell me what you guys think. Right. I mean, 
Other than that, I think that Comrie played great tonight, which was a shocker for me, honestly. He's played solid, but I wasn't expecting him to play that well. Um, but we got to get on the board first. I mean, that's the thing. We got to get on the board first. All right, Zach, I, I thank go, you. I apologize. Yep. No, it's okay. Thank you for the comments and uh, appreciate the call. Uh, listening out in Las Vegas. Um, these lines that Don Granado has together, um, as he said, he didn't necessarily just put it in a he I'll use his word, blender. He didn't put them in a blender and, you know, hit spin. Um, he said these are the lines that were very successful for the team in the final two weeks last year, if you remember that playoff push where the Sabres obviously came within one point of making it. So he knows that Middlestat with Skinner and Tuck has had success. Now, do I think long-term, if Thompson and Skinner and Tuck are back together, that that gives the Sabres maybe the best chance to be long-term successful or successful against the best teams? I do. Uh, but right now, obviously, you know, I think Don Granato's thinking, well, how long do I have to wait before I have I have to do something as a coach to try to put my players in a position to succeed? And I think that's why he went to the Islander game. He went to this, and it was successful in that game. Um I think, honestly, the five forwards, if you throw Jordan Greenway in there now, who's playing with Thompson and Cousins, I think five of the six, Pat, are playing well. I just think right now Tuck is not, and, um, you know, I know Granado said, hey, they're going to spend some time with him, maybe even, you know, tomorrow morning or on the flight going to Ottawa tonight. Yeah, and, you know, he, the caller also mentioned other things Alex Tuck can do when he's not scoring, like standing up for a teammate on a questionable hit. Those are things that usually get you out of a funk usually helped the team, and it did help the Sabres in that game against the Islanders to, to really get that going. So I look at Tuck, and I, you, you sit here and you say, right, he's going to score at some point. It, you, you hope it's sooner rather than later if, if you're Alex Tuck because until that first goal comes or that, that next opportunity comes, it's going to feel like forever. I also do like rewarding a guy like Casey Middlestat for what he's done to earn his ice time in terms of, playing along the walls, playing in tough spots, not being afraid as a smaller guy to kind of go in every area and get dirty and create offense. And that's something that, that has paid off for the Sabres team. And, um, you know, maybe it doesn't result in a goal tonight, but I do think uh, in the end, you know, when you look at Middlestad, a couple of assists in the last game, including the setting up Skinner and Samuelson for goals, uh, Middlestad has done a really good job the last two years finding uh, – finding out what it needs to what it takes to be a formidable force here for the Sabres. I mean, Tuck last year was more than a point per game player. He played in 74 games, had 79 points, 36 goals. So, clearly, I mean, he has one assist, one secondary assist here in 6 games. Clearly that has to get better, whether it's with Middlestad or Skinner or whether it's back with Thompson and Skinner, um, I, you know, he, part of that has to be on him too. And we know He's super competitive, so there's probably he's and it's probably a piece of him that's making this even worse, maybe without his own fault of just the fact that he takes it so hard. Yeah, and and you mentioned that he grew up a Sabres fan. I mean, I'm sure that those those are things that all it's great when when things are going well, but at times maybe puts even more pressure on himself because this is you know, the 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 fan base that he grew up a part of and really wants to do the most for. Yep, three one Montreal. Brian Colesdale here with Pat Malacar. Let's go back to the phones. Jim is with us next here on the postgame. Hi, Jim. Go ahead. Hey, Jim. Uh, hey, this is Jim, a yes. longtime listener. Uh, I just wanted to talk. I hate beating up on Tuck, but, I mean, it's been a rough couple games for him. He's had a tough time going on this streak. Uh, that back check goal, the second goal, I feel like he had, that was his man and kind of did a drive-by on it. It just caused issues. All right, thank you, Jim. I think Tuck right now definitely is struggling. Um, I don't ever want to question Tuck's hustle. I, I guess I, I'd have to – I don't want to speak on it without maybe seeing a replay of it um, too much, but I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong, Jim. I just I, – I don't want to, I want to see it again before I, I go after him too hard like this. I, in general, I would never question Alex Tuck's heart and desire and effort because through the course of his time here with the Sabres, I feel like – He's been a guy that you can count on for all those things. Yeah, and the frustration's there. The frustration is setting in. There's no doubt about that. You're right. You can't question uh, the intensity and the effort, but at times, you know, frustration's going to set in. And, again, if this was the middle of the season, 
it's probably just lost in the shuffle of a long year, but it happens at the start of the year. It happens when the team loses four out of the first six, and a lot of these nights they're scoring less than two goals a game. You talk about the hallmark of the Sabres team last year. They were scoring goals almost at will, especially you know when they were, were playing so well, and even when they were losing games, it was up and down, run and gun, and exciting uh, at both ends of the ice. And a little of that has been lacking uh, over this first six-game stretch. Not all the time, but some of it. And I think that plays into you know where where the the thoughts of some of this, the the fans are right now. Our first response from the fans brought to you by ServPro. ServPro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy responds first and faster to any size disaster. You can always give us your thoughts on the phones after each and every post game, or you can also send them on Twitter at Brian WGR. We'll read a couple of tweets here. Um, Michael say, coming in saying, big piece of this is how quiet it is in the arena. And this is the team. He's like, there's no more free agent to get. He's like, it's just sad right now that they're the worst team in the conference and the standings. Uh, I just hope that they don't get this to be used to, that it starts to feel like normal. I mean, in the standings, they are right now in last in the Atlantic. So that's a fact. <laughs> and we've, But we've also sat here when the Sabres were the best team in the NHL and the, in the conference at Thanksgiving and didn't make the playoffs. So there's moral That's of the right. story. There's a long ways to go. Even once you get to the 35 game mark or so, the 25 game mark, once we get to the end of November, there's a lot of games to be played. But you just can't put yourself so far behind the eight ball that you have to play catch up all season long like this team has done for over a decade uh, without making the playoffs. Chris says arena was quiet, not much going on. Montreal played that good, boring road game. The, there's two teams. Well, I, I almost want to say it's Montreal. Like, it's Monday night against Montreal, Pat. We knew even – we were talking about it Saturday when we were looking at the tickets and what was – we knew tonight was just going to be not maybe what you want the atmosphere to be like for a home game. Montreal fans we know come in and buy tickets. I even think there were maybe less here than normal. I agree. And because it was a Monday night, there wasn't a lot of Sabre fans here either. They announced 13,000. I think maybe that's generous even, but it just it was a weird mood in the building for sure. You know, we'll never question Alex Tuck's you know, ability and intensity on the ice. I'll never question, I know you won't either, the, the, the fans' willingness to come out and support the team. At times, you do need the fans will need the team to show them that they're going to be able to to put a winning product out on the ice and continue to win games consistently. But yeah, this is a, you know 41 home games throughout the course of a season. Uh, you almost go into the year knowing Toronto, Montreal are going to be a lot of road team fans, and um, you know tonight there just were less Montreal fans. This to me was your typical Montreal crowd, save for um, the the raucousness of of the visiting fans. Michael says, surprised the fans weren't excited. Sabres had nearly 70 shot attempts and 37 shots on goal. Watch the game. They ran into a goalie standing on his head. Yes. There are ways, though, to, I think the, the frustration of this is there are ways to beat a hot goaltender. And, and whether it's being quicker and getting more traffic in front of the net, maybe if you get more traffic in front of the net, Jake Allen isn't able to see uh, all those 36 shots. And, Yes, there were some nice blocks, especially uh, on a penalty kill midway through the third period. But, again, being able to move the puck and getting quality shots and getting to the net can negate a lot of uh, what the other team can do. So for the Sabres, again, it's just coming back to continuing to, to press forward and finding ways to not let that you know, disappointment and, and really just tightening up of the stick uh, get on you so much. Yep. 3-1 Montreal is the final uh, the injury report now brought to you by Losi and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys, working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. Well, good news, Jack Quinn at least has skates on. Uh, he's not skating with the team, nor really, like, in full equipment, but he has skates on. He went on the ice, so that's good news, which is, uh, you know, a player that initially the timetable was December. Yeah, and he's a piece of the puzzle for what went well for the Sabres when they made their push in the second half of the year last year. Uh, he went through a little bit of a lull along with J.J. Paterka. They went through a little bit of a lull uh, midway through the year, but then picked it right back up. And, and for young players, first full year in the league, did a really nice job of pulling themselves and you know, maybe give the coaching staff some credit for it uh, to go along with the players to, to get them out of it and get 
uh, so, such quality time and, and such impactful play that helped the Sabres really get there within a point of, of being in the playoffs and taking it down to the end of the season. Yep. All right, so 3-1 in our game. It was the only game in the league tonight. So, so we checked the scoreboard. Pat, let's see what's going on in the NFL and in baseball. Thanks, Brian. Once again, it's brought to you by Alex's Place in Batavia. Oh, man, now I want ribs. We'll start in baseball where there will be a Game 7 in the National League Championship Series tomorrow. Thanks to the Diamondbacks' 5-1 win over the Phillies. Game 7 tomorrow night in Philadelphia. The winner will head to the World Series. For the moment, it looks like they will be taking on the Texas Rangers. Texas, 10-2 leaders over Houston. Long way to go. Astros at home, batting in the bottom of the sixth, but down 10-2. to two. Uh, Home runs, a lot of offense from the Rangers. That is a game seven. The winner of that will go on to the World Series. Also to football, earlier today, Bills head coach Sean McDermott telling the media that Dawson Knox will undergo wrist surgery for an ailment that has been bothering him for several weeks now and no timetable for Knox return to the Bills lineup as of yet. To Monday Night Football, the final game of Week 7, hitting the, hitting the mid-stages of the third quarter. It's been Minnesota in front pretty much all game long. 19-7, the Vikings lead the 49ers. 6.59 to go in the third quarter. Kirk Cousins, 276 through the air. Two touchdowns on INT. Both of those TD passes to Jordan Addison Bryant. It's a good fantasy player to have right now. Filling in for Justin Jefferson, taking the bulk load. Six for two, 110 and two touchdowns, so... That's what, you're, you're the math teacher here, but that's 17 points if you're in PPR League plus yeah. 12, so 29. 29. Yeah, it's a good night for him for sure. All right, well, that's uh, what happened in the league tonight. So we're going to update you on the standings and preview the Ottawa game. So we'll take a timeout here from KeyBank Center. Thanks for listening. It's the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Visit your local Upstate Honda dealers today. 3-1 Montreal, the final. More coming up here from KeyBank Center. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Darlene overlaps, leaves it in the corner. Middle stat, holds it, scores! Casey Middlestad. Now that was a call from April 13th earlier this year, last season. A 4-3 win over Ottawa. Casey Middlestad's game-winning goal. Dan Dunleavy on the call. Sabres and Senators coming your way tomorrow night, 645 Pat's going to be, if you're a hockey fan, tomorrow's going to be a really, really fun day. What are they calling it? Frozen Frozen Frenzy, frenzy yep. Frozen fr Frenzy. Explain what's going on for everybody. Yeah, exciting. Every team in the league will be playing tomorrow at 15-minute intervals, and it starts at 6 o'clock Eastern time, 6, 6.15, 6.30. Sabre centered is 6.45, 7 o'clock, so on and so forth, leading up till 11 o'clock, which will be 8 p.m. Uh, local time out west. Uh, so for, for hockey fans... Really, from 6 o'clock at night until almost 2 in the morning, you will have an NHL game going. And something you and I had talked about, really we'd love to see on a weekend in the winter at some point, whether it be a Saturday or a Sunday in January or February, and really get hockey fans excited about seeing every team in the league. The last game is Philadelphia at Vegas at 11 p.m. Eastern. And the first one is... Toronto at Washington at 6 o'clock. And then, as you mentioned, the Sabres and Senators uh, at 6.45. Do you remember when it would be Hockey Day in America and be on NBC and the Sabres even took part in a couple of times where they'd stagger. There'd be yes. five or six games and they'd stagger the start times and you'd start with one, bounce to another. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah, and so we'll see how this goes. Everybody's playing tomorrow. The only game tonight was here. So the Sabres will be the only team that really has to go back-to-back -back with travel. Montreal goes back to uh, – they're traveling too, I guess I shouldn't say uh, they're not because they're at home for uh, New Jersey. They've got a very similar flight. Canadians, by the way, moving to third in the Atlantic. They're 3-1-1, and one, seven points. Bruins and Red Wings have 10. Then you have Ottawa with six, Toronto with six, Florida with four, and Buffalo with four. Officially, the Sabres are in last because they've played more games than the Panthers. The only team that has – Less points than the Sabres uh, in the East is Washington, but they've played one less game. Capitals have three points, so uh, it is it is early. <laughs> it's six of eighty-two, but there's no denying, Pat, that we have sat here for a decade or more and talked about how slow starts have not only maybe set the tone for the season, but has 
put the Sabres in chase mode for the majority of their regular season, which never turns out well, at least in this last decade it hasn't, we know. And this legitimately surprises me, the start that this team has had. Again, if if you're losing games, let's say 6-4, 6-5, somewhere in that range, I, I would have probably said, okay, I can understand it because you're at least up and down the ice and you know running gun and, and chancing, uh, getting chances against the other team. But you lose your opener against the Rangers where they're able to just lock things down. The game against Calgary, players talked about maybe trying to take things a little bit too easy, had the response against the Islanders, and maybe had that carryover of the response tonight. But again, yes, you ran into a hot goaltender, but there are ways to, to get around that. So... I am surprised that through six games, the team has just two wins and four points. Yeah, it's how they're losing. They, last year, were a top-five team in scoring and were first in goals, remember, for a long, long time. And their offense right now just is not totally in sync. Uh, There were some really good things tonight in terms of the shot attempts and the possession time. And, you know, we could, if we just want to look at tonight's game, we could say, well, you know what, Jake Allen was just really, really good, and sometimes that happens. But... uh, Overall, through six games, even in the win against the Islanders, they still only scored three. Like this, the offense is definitely not where where we left it at the end of last April. And to me, the roster this year is the roster I would have expected coming into the year. I, you know, you wouldn't know that Eric Johnson would be uh, one of the free agent acquisitions and have such a, an important part of your uh, your defense and special teams. And you go out and get Connor Clifton, but to me. There were no changes. There were no home runs you go had to go hit if you're Kevin Adams this offseason. Pretty much just locking down your core, which he has done, uh, and setting up your team for the next seven to eight years is exactly what Kevin Adams needed to do. And this is the team you're going to have. And, you know, for better or worse, you're going to need other players stepping up. And uh, right now, again, if this was the middle of the season, it'd just be a speed bump. But it's magnified because it's another slow start and another – time that the Sabres just struggling with the expectations of what could be and just not meeting them yet. Yeah, and, you know, when you look at maybe what Kevin Az was looking to do this offseason, a lot of people were focused on goalie. And his decision, which obviously we'll find out if it was the right one or the wrong one, was to count a lot on Devin Levi here and maybe Eric Comrie. And, you know, we'll obviously see maybe Lucan and tomorrow maybe where he fits into the puzzle, but... He decided to keep the three that were here and roll with that and hope that that would be good enough. We'll ultimately know, you know, a month or two from now whether that was maybe the right decision or not. But the reason the Sabres are not maybe off to the start that they want to is definitely maybe not for what I thought it would be. It would be, oh, well, maybe Devin Levi's not ready. Right. Or, oh, maybe they're still defensively not as good as they were supposed to be and they're still looking for the back end of the D to be good. No, it's been because they're not scoring. Yeah, and don't forget, this goaltending situation was kind of a multi-year plan from Kevin Adams. You go back to some of those Sabres embedded where you see kind of the thought process of signing Eric Comrie two off-seasons ago now in the conversation with Uko Pekalukkanen, just telling him, we still believe in you, stay the course. The Sabres are kind of setting up for a year like this. They, they knew what they were signing up for, getting Eric Comrie, trying to lock Devin Levi up and eventually do, and him being a part of the fold. So, this is the plan, and this is exactly how Kevin Adams wanted to play out. I think it will eventually turn into a winning formula, yep. but it's hard to sit here, after, especially also after so many home games already. That's part of the equation, too, we haven't talked about. They were good, but not good enough at home last year. They had a losing record here. You cannot have that happen on your home ice and expect to be a playoff team, and you can't, again, start to, to have these losses at home stack up. And talking about chasing wins, chasing wins at home. Five of the first six have been in this building. And you come away with two wins. Yep. Two and four on the season so far. Well, road is where the Sabres were good tomorrow or good last year. We'll see if they are tomorrow. Ottawa is the opponent. 645 puck drop time tomorrow. We'll have it for you. Dan and Rob will have the call for you here on the Sabres radio network. That's a team that made some moves going even going back to last season. Getting Jacob Chickering. You make a move this offseason, you get a guy like Claude Giroux, you some some veterans. The Tarasenko. Right. Tarasenko yeah. was a signing as well. So they're a team that's going for it. They, they talk about a multi-year plan. At times it was panned. It didn't look like it was going to turn out all that well. But a lot of young talent, Jake Sanderson, a defenseman, uh, playing really well, getting a contract extension. So you've got a, a lot of things going in the center's favor. 
and those are one of those teams that was in your rearview mirror that you had to stay in front of. Detroit, Ottawa, and Buffalo all feel like they are in the similar area of a lot of young players struggling a lot for the last decade. You've acquired a lot of draft picks and a lot of prospects. Now these young players are supposedly ready to be in their spot to take off. And a lot of those Sabres picks did last year. It was just a little too late for it to happen. You're right, though. The Sabres were ahead of both Detroit and Ottawa. And both made moves. You had to stay ahead of them. We always kept saying, look, well, if the Sabres are going to make the playoffs, who out of that top eight is going to fall? Well, also beyond that piece, and maybe it is Tampa this year. You know, Maybe they're the team that falls out. But beyond that, you also have to keep the, the teams below you still below you in order for this to also end up being in a top eight spot at the end of the season. All right, look at what Alex Dabrinkit has done in just oh, two weeks with Detroit. He was acquired this offseason. That was their big acquisition. So, uh, you know, that's that's why uh, there have been you know reports of, you know, could, could they make another splash signing soon, uh, you know, w- with what they, they're looking to do. So they're a team that is on the rise definitely. And, uh, you know, the Sabres don't want to, end up sitting here being passed by those two franchises. 3-1 Montreal, the final. We will speak with you tomorrow at 6.45, pregame 5.45 uh, on our flagship on WGR. Hope you can be with us then. For now, though, we're going to say goodnight here from Key Bank Center. Sabres are off to Ottawa tonight. Want to thank our crew, Kyle Powell, our network producer, back in our Amherst studios. Thank you, Kyle. Here at Key Bank Center, Tom Addy was our engineer. Pat Malacaro, you, of course, just heard from him. Jonathan Koziel down in the room. Paul Hamilton, our reporter. Show up with the Bulldog on the pregame. Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray, our game announcers. And my name is Brian Koziel. I thank you for listening. The final again, Montreal 3, Buffalo 1. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Sabres and Senators from Ottawa right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Good night, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.